0: Welcome back to Money and Me. I'm Michelle Martin sitting across Daniel Chan. What an illustrious career he's had since the 80s when he helped launch UOB's asset management operations. This was early 1980s. Um, I think people also are familiar with Daniel for his work in Lion Global Investors back in 2010. He has since set up DCG Capital and uh, he says he's returned to what he loves doing and that investing is fun for him. So we're (laughs) going to pick his brain Today, Daniel, we're going to talk a little bit about his own investment journey and some great tips he has for you if you're just getting started or, you know, basically if you're thinking what is the art of picking winning stocks, we're going to find out with Daniel Chan. Welcome to the program.
1: Thank you, uh, Michelle. Thanks for having me.
0: I wonder if you can share with us. You've had such an illustrious career Uh, over 40 years. You were, were a big part of Lion Global Investors. Again, you helped UOB asset management with their first unit trust back in 1986 Mm-hmm. How did your own investment journey start?
1: Well, it uh, really started off uh, when I was hired into uOB to help you know handle some of the proprietary investments and I worked at that for about four years and then I left the bank for a while to join a, a securities company a hong Kong based uh, securities company and then I was called back later to uh, set up the uh, fund management operations for UOB. So really built everything from scratch, uh, from there on. And uh, in 1985, uh-huh. we launched the first unit trust fund for UOB, and then it just uh, built up from there to quite a large operations.
0: Prior to UOB, had you had experience in this world at all?
1: No, no, that was my initiation into investing. So I graduated from the University of Singapore with a business uh, administration degree. So I was, always wanted to be in banking, so I was very fortunate to have been selected and yeah i I guess it's a a lot of providence
0: yeah wonderful and here you are now and you've started dcg capital help us understand where it sits between you know being an institutional fund and a boutique fund
1: yeah so after i decided to step off from uh, the corporate world uh, i've always been wanting to set up my own uh, boutique operation i mean uh, boutique asset management operation And I've always been a a fan of the value investing approach, you know, so I started the firm with one of my ex-staff, Melvin Tan, Mm -hmm. and to keep it small and uh, to have total control over the way you invest and uh, to have the liberty to do that. So that's really a pleasure.
0: And what is the DCG Asia Value Fund?
1: Okay, so the idea is that because Asia is a very attractive growth region and to apply the value investing, way of investing in the Asian market, Mm. we thought that that would be a very good long-term investment strategy. So I have quite a bit of my personal savings, my family uh, wealth invested in the fund. So alongside with friends and also families, other people that uh, have heard of us, so it's. Grown to a decent-sized fund now.
0: Okay, so since you mentioned liquidity, I have to ask, what else does your portfolio look like besides the DCG? Yeah,
1: liquidity? so quite a substantial part of my uh, liquidity is invested in the fund. But aside from that, to generate some passive investment income, I've invested in some bonds as, as well as some REITs and also uh, high dividend-yielding shares in Singapore.
0: Okay, great, great to know. Um, I wonder if you can share a successful an example of a successful DCG. Investment.
1: Well, the one I can share with you, uh, with listeners, is early on in the life of the fund... Uh, the Asian Value Fund back in twenty twelve, uh, we discovered uh, an interesting Indonesian company called Awana Chiputra, which uh, is involved in the manufacturing of uh, ceramic tiles. Mm. So it came up on our screen as a very undervalued stock. So basically, it manufactures low cost ceramic tiles uh-huh. for Indonesian uh, consumers. Indonesia is still a emerging economy, so lots of homes are still without the basic ceramic tiles that we are used to. So it was an interesting uh, growth company. It's the lowest cost producer in Indonesia, so that's done very well for us. When we first spotted it, it was trading at P of about 11 or 12 times, and it's been growing at about 20 plus percent a year.
0: It's amazing. Yeah, I understand it's gone up by over 400% since uh, by 2012. By the time
1: we sold, yeah, and we, we took our profits and we recently got back in again after the stock had corrected.
0: Wonderful. Yeah. Well, thanks for that uh, case study. We're speaking with Daniel Chan. He is the founder of DCG Capital. Daniel, can you share with us how DCG Capital runs these stock screens, how it finds the right stocks to invest in? That was a great example.
1: Right. So we uh, use a number of screens to screen The whole universe of Asian companies that are listed, you know, across the region uh, using various measures like P ratios, price to book, return on invested capital and so on to help us spot ideas. The idea is to generate the ideas, you know, independently of the uh, street research. Right. So that we discover companies that are overlooked uh, by the street. Okay,
0: and um, so some of the measures and indicators you look at are whether the business is cyclical or...
1: Yeah, so we look for A, quality. So that could be measured by uh, certain measures like return on equity, return on invested capital, the ability of the company to generate wealth over its life. So some other obvious measures like P and price-to-book ratios. Uh, but they're a useful guide, but uh, you have to look uh, well beyond those numbers. Yeah.
0: Right. I wonder now, and by the way, we should mention the DCG Asia Value Fund is only... Uh, for
1: accredited investors yes, only, open
0: yes. Open to it credit investors and there is a minimum starting investment amount.
1: Of one hundred and fifty thousand.
0: Yep. Okay. If we talked about the first time investor though, right. Looking at the art of stock picking, what would you see as some fundamentals?
1: Well fundamentals is absolutely key. So you have to do your research, you have to understand the business study the business economics, understand where the risks are, try to value the business based on its uh, ability to generate not only earnings but also cash flows, try to assess the uh, growth potential. But before that, of course, the first thing you, you have to do is to make sure that you understand uh, you, you can trust the company, right? Mm-hmm. So integrity, trustworthiness of the management, that's that's the first hurdle you, you have to clear because there are people who are out there to <laughs> out to scam you. <laughs> so having cleared those hurdles, then you delve into the business economics and uh, really study the financial history, look at the ability of the company to weather the tough economic times. Mm-hmm. So, you know, resilience of the business, that's a very important aspect we look at. And finally, then you look at the valuation to see, you know, are you buying it at a cheap enough price? Is there a margin of safety for you?
0: And if I just went back to that point of trust, right. Would you rely on sort of? Would you advise investors to turn up at the meetings? You know, get to know the people. In it's the always companies?
1: useful to attend the AGMs because that's when you get to see the board of directors and the senior management. You get a, get the chance to ask questions and to you know be able to assess at first hand. You know how the quality of the management, the uh, integrity, and so on. Yeah,
0: and. You have eight tips, I understand, on making valued investments with sustainable long-term performance. Can you share some?
1: So, uh, the first thing is fundamentals is the only reliable anchor to base your investment decision on. It's not about uh, whether the price has been going up or it's been falling down, but you really have to anchor it based on your assessments of the bus- the business fundamentals.
0: Yeah, I've read you say anything else is speculation.
1: Correct, right? Yeah. So, number two is risk management is critical to your investment success. Mm-hmm. Because if you make a lot of mistakes and you lose a lot of money, it's very difficult for you to generate a positive return. So, people don't pay enough attention to risk, managing the downside risk. The third lesson is that uh, investing is a long term game. So, you have to think beyond the next few weeks or next few months. When you're investing in a stock, you're really uh, buying it with a view to holding it for the long term. And the experience has been that uh, the power of compounding is very, very powerful. So Isaac Newton called it the eighth wonder of the world. So uh, (laughs) when you invest in a company that is able to compound its growth, That's a very powerful source of returns. The fourth lesson uh, I learned is that in investing, temperament is more important than uh, intelligence. So you need to be uh, somebody that's emotionally stable and not easily excitable. Do you think you can Uh, change your temperament or something that you're endowed with? I guess, uh, yeah, it's it's, it's part of your DNA. uh, But I guess there may be some ways to train uh, one's temperament. So when you say so, temperament, you mean you, you need to moderate your emotions or, or correct. not? Correct. Yeah. And you, you need to be aware of your uh, emotions and your behavioral biases. Uh, so self-awareness is very important because otherwise you'd be easily swayed, you know, by greed and fear and other kinds of biases. And that's a whole... Topic altogether, That's behavioral a book finance. Right there. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Do you find that interesting? Is that yeah, it's very interesting.
1: I think there are lots of books written about behavioral finance biases and so on. So it's useful for listeners to read and be aware of these biases.
0: And so we're on to number five of your investment lessons. So
1: in investing, I think humility is very important because. One has to acknowledge in the first place that there are lots of things that we don't know. So in value investing, we always say you invest within your circle of competence. So in other words, if something is too complex and too difficult, you always have the option of moving on to something else that's easier to handle. And there's this saying that uh, Mark Twain, I think it was, uh, who said that it's not what you know that uh, you don't know that uh, gets you into trouble, but it's what you know and you think it's for sure and it turns out to be not the case right. that's what get you into trouble
0: so question your own beliefs really
1: yes yeah I think always have a healthy dose of skepticism and uh, ask questions yeah it's great that's so great. uh seven is uh, because investing is not easy when you find the right investment idea then you invest so what i said was you know bet seldom but bet big. So in other words, concentrate your investments on those ideas that you have found that have met all your uh, investment criteria.
0: Bet seldom, but bet big. So you need to take risks, you're saying?
1: Investing is always a risky uh, approach, proposition. So you have to make sure you understand the risks. And uh, like I said, avoid, you know, uh, having big losses. yeah. Mm-hmm. And finally, another lesson is that in investing, always think beyond the obvious, right? It's what uh, Howard Marks call it, level two thinking. So the market is really, um, most of the time, it's quite efficient. So you have to look beyond the obvious. So in other words, just because a stock is trading at a low P-E ratio doesn't mean that it's, it's cheap. So you have to ask yourself, why is it cheap? And see if there's something that you have an insight on which you know is not shared by the market
0: we're speaking with daniel Chan, founder of dcg capital an investor with over 40 years of experience under his belt Uh, joining us to tell us a little bit more about his lessons in investing i wonder if we could talk a little bit about biggest mistakes you've seen investors make in your long career
1: there are lots of mistakes that investors make in fact most of the time people are not investing they're speculating in other words, they're not doing the necessary research. So Benjamin Graham defines investment as, you know, you have to do your thorough analysis and be assured that your capital is safe and that you are going to derive a satisfactory return from investment. So most people don't do the first part, which is doing the necessary thorough analysis. So that means you have to read annual reports, you have to study the business, uh, the risk involved, and so on. So there are lots of things that you have to, to check up.
0: Well, you know, for many people, it feels really daunting, like there's too sure. much information. It's when to stop doing the research and make the, the choices. Yeah, It seems to be the key criteria.
1: I think there's no escaping that you need to do your homework, right? So you, you need to have access to the information and also you need to have the skills to analyse the information and come to the right conclusions. Uh, there's just no shortcut, unfortunately.
0: Oh, there's just no shortcut. But I think there were some great lessons uh, in, in this interview for you to mine if you're a first-time investor just approaching investing. It's been great getting to know you. Thank you for being here. Thanks for having me. Daniel Chan, founder of DCG Capital. Before acting on the information on MoneyFM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download the SBH Radio app available on Google Play or the App Store.